I figured that. I'm like thinking to myself, what am I thinking? Okay, we can. Can you guys cut that out? Let me start over. I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, the Brooklyn Nets get our spotlight tonight. COVID hits its ninth game, and the Basketball Hall of Fame announces their candidates for 2022. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Part two. <laughs> John, how you living, my friend? I'm back. Oh, man. Welcome back. Sammy, how you living, my friend? And an even happier New Year. Part two. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight, like I said, we are putting a team under the clinic microscope. And that team, of course, is the Brooklyn Nets, who are 21-9. They're first in the East. They've won five of their last seven games, even though their three upcoming games are actually postponed for COVID reasons, they've had the fifth most difficult schedule thus far. What do you guys think of the Brooklyn Nets this season? Offensively, I think their offensive rating is a little lower than we expected, but a lot of it has just been shuffling in and out of the lineup so much. With this team, Durant, you gotta give credit all the way back from the Achilles. No no carryover at all from that injury a couple years back, so super impressive there. But with this team, I think bottom line is it's gonna come down to the playoffs. We expect them to be a good team in the regular season, but we want to see if Harden, who's perpetually failed in the playoffs, and Irving, who keeps wanting to get out of good situations, can come along with Durant. We know KD's going to show up in the playoffs. So the chemistry around them will be interesting. If Irving ever gets back on the court as a part-time player, we've never seen that before. How's that going to go? Excuse me. And there's a size in the front court issue that needs to be addressed. And I'm curious to see if there's a buyout or a trade out there for them. Yeah, Nick Claxton is actually sneakily important to this roster. I mean, right now they're starting, um, you know, when, well, the last time they started, it was Mills, Harden, Bembry, KD, Aldridge. It just feels like this team is missing something and definitely something like some big men would be helpful. Um, Right now, they are 14th in offensive rating and surprisingly 5th defensively. Do you guys think that these Brooklyn Nets stay atop as far as defense goes? I think they I think they do. And I think a big part of it is because they stopped playing Blake Griffin. With all due respect, he was a good player, but he's old. And I know. Deeply. That was that was my intention 150%. No, but he's a lot older and with defense you youth usually wins because you can move a lot faster, you can move side to side, you can keep up, keep your defend uh, the offensive player in front of you. And they also don't have Kyrie Irving, which most people know that he's not really known for as his de- for his defense. But Patty Mills is also playing a lot too. So I think Steve Nash has just maybe put more of a focus on collectively communicating and playing team defense than they did last year. But also another year of being together also helps that because you'll know, you know, as a as not just individual defense, but you know you know where to be to help to clog the lane and things of that nature. So I do think it'll keep up in terms of their top five defensive rating, but that remains to be seen. Yeah, I just wanted to add on with the conversation with Kyrie, when he does come back, and when Joe Harris comes back, we're probably going to see a drop in their defensive rating 
that's just naturally going to happen because they're not really defensive players. And just like what Sammy was saying with their front court, there are a lot of holes there. So I wanted to kind of jump into this, if you guys don't mind, which is my conspiracy hat. Ooh. And let me know what you think about this. So Kyrie is only responsible for 24 away games, right? Right. Okay. Because he can't play at home, so there's only 24 away games, with including the games that he can't play at New York. For example, the Knicks. So if I were Steve Nash and the front office, here's my thinking. When March and April comes, you potentially rest or try to save minutes for KD since he's been playing 37 minutes and drop to the fifth seed, which they could do. That way, when playoffs comes along, Kyrie is going to play four games out of a seven game series versus four at home. He's eligible to play four away. Boy, have you lost your mind, cause I'll help you find it. Oh, man. So what are the benefits? One, you're going to save the knees, ankles, the injuries from KD, Harden, and Kyrie. You could concentrate on what matters, which are your rotations for the playoffs, work on chemistry and defense, and then most importantly, you provide more opportunity for that big three to play together since they're really lacking chemistry. They've only played about 13 games last season. So when Kyrie comes back, just concentrate those 24 away games as your playoff games. Everything else takes a back seat. And that's what I think that they should do. That is super interesting, actually. 4D chess. Like getting, yeah, getting getting the fifth seed so that Kyrie could play in games one and two to start the series. That's what you're saying. Wow, I'm Mr. Manager. That is crazy. What do you guys think of that? Do you think that's a good strategy? Or are you, if you're the Nets, you just try to get home court advantage? Well, Jay brings up an interesting point that we haven't gotten to yet. I've heard the 24 game stat before for the regular season too. No one's talking about the playoffs. That he's yeah. going to be a part-time player in the playoffs. And we've obviously never seen that before. The closest <laughs> we've seen to that is Deion Sanders playing in a playoff game in the in baseball and a regular season game of football on the same day. Killing it at both, well, from what I remember. Perfect! But it's an interesting strategy that maximizes games. You've actually raised one other conspiracy that is also interesting, which is what if he's conveniently getting back on the court now so they could just trade him off for someone who can actually play at home? <laughs> I mean, you that's wonder what they, if they should are. be doing. And that's like showcase I mean, him, let him get back 100%. into shape, and then ship him on out to a mandateless NBA city. As much. John, would you would you trade Kyrie? I mean, <laughs> man, that's that's a tough one. If the right deal came along, I would. If the right deal came along, the problem is, is everyone's gonna lowball because of the current situation. And so they're not going to get right. fair value or even close to it, in my opinion. And I do want to add, I was going to add to the conspiracy theorists, but I'm going to be the voice of reason here and say that I don't think that's a good strategy. And for this reason is because what, what it looks like today in December of 2021 will look, may look vastly different come April and May. 
and we're in a you know seasonality does matter when it comes to whatever's what's going on in the, in the scope of the virus and things of that nature so i think the nets are just hoping that things with developments to treatment and prevention that things are going to look a lot different come playoff time and that's probably what they're doing in my opinion just to add on though and i don't know if this is a good argument or not the nets are actually a better team on the road they're 11 and 3 on the road while they're 10 and 5 at home so it just provides more incentive i know i hate when teams lose intentionally the spurs did yep. that i believe the clippers did that as well and that really backfired right sammy uh somewhat yeah yeah i think it's super interesting because i mean you want your best players on the court right that's that's the goal and if they're the fifth seed kyrie irving like jj said potentially plays four of the seven possible games but if you're the fifth seed you also have to run into the, like pretty much all of the top four teams right you would expect not all the top four teams but you would be facing against harder competition if the playoff started today you'd be facing the hornets as opposed to facing potentially the heat or the bucks and also the the jay when you said that they have a better road record that may be true but it is the regular season and you're playing it's not playoff basketball where the competition yeah. is a lot harder people are going harder it's harder on your body so those extra nights staying in your own bed not having to travel i think will make a huge difference come playoff time those variables do matter but what it comes down to true. is you want your talent on the road yeah that's true. i'd rather have Kyrie yeah, than i kind of want them to do versus it just home to see games. what it would be like i just i <laughs> i kind of want them to do it so they go to the knicks maybe the knicks has them yeah. they have a miracle and he can't play any games <laughs> That would be hilarious as well. Um, anyway, I'm going to move us on to the next topic here. It's about COVID again. It's occurring. These protocols are occurring all over the NBA. We now have about 80 plus players in the protocol now. StatMuse actually put out a stat that says 25% of its players have been in COVID protocols sometime uh, in the season. So that's a lot of the players. Now nine games are postponed. Uh, the Raptors, Bulls, Nets Blazers. What do you guys think of this whole situation? I think they should pause the season for maybe oh. a month or two. That's my thought. Knowing Christmas vacation. Right. Taking a little sabbatical. And I think knowing the seasonality and naturally most people get sick around this time. So you're adding adding COVID and that to the mix is obviously gonna make things it's gonna, you know, exacerbate the situation and so i think taking a break at least during the winter time and trying to get through maybe early spring that is kind of it's kind of hard because the winter obviously is lasting until what april or be end of march so yeah it's tough but that's something that maybe i would consider just because there's so many people getting um being tested positive they're going to health and safety protocols and then you're running these games with the D squad and the F squad. I won't name any names because I don't want to be mean like that, but you know, has to stop. you're, you know, people pay to watch the stars as much as they love their teams. They pay you to watch the superstars. And if you don't, if you're not putting that kind of product on there, what's to me, what's the point? Obviously health 
comes first, but they're also a money-making business. And I think that just just pausing it for two months is probably, in my opinion, the best course of direction. I'm with John on this one, actually, because I was thinking about it these last few days where there have been games with a lot of replacement players. I didn't even turn it on, and I normally would. I'm like a, a league pass guy, you know? I just passively watch these games. Right now, I'm not because some of my favorite players aren't playing. That what is do you guys correct. Think? I'm going to go contrarian to you on, on this one, and here's my reason why. Obviously, health is the foremost thing, but we had a shortened season. Obviously, when we had the bubble, there was, I believe it was a six-week break when players came back, and then, coincidence or not, we had more injuries last year, but especially by the time we got to the playoffs than we had ever had in any year prior. Oh and if we go off a two-month break, inevitably, obviously, the season has to finish late. You get that short break again, and then I think players are, you're going to see more players get hurt again. So I'm not a fan of having the Nets with 10 players and protocols either, but I think if you push the season back that far with the economic impact that the bubble had in a negative way, you're not going to be able to reschedule two months of games. You're shortening the season again, so you're losing revenue. That affects... Even though it doesn't affect us directly as fans, it indirectly will affect us because it affects the team's ability to sign players and to make moves and the salary cap and that sort of thing. So I could see taking a short pause, maybe a couple weeks, if that will help anything scientifically, I don't know. But I think if you go back that far, you're potentially not only impacting this season, but you're impacting the following season as well. So good point. I, that, that's my only concern about that. So I, I think they're going to modify protocols again. And eventually, if without going into the science of this, because we're none of us here are scientists, but if data comes out and shows that this is not as severe as the last wave where they can do slightly less testing and it's only for symptomatic players, which is what the NFL is doing, I think maybe they switch to that route. And inevitably, because of that, less players end up in the protocols. Game on! Yeah, game on! So, if you're going to push back the season or delay it, the objective, I'm assuming, is you want to flatten the curve for the NBA players, which potentially may not even happen until months, True. if that's even going to work. So, I don't even know if that's like a, a route that the NBA wants to venture out to. And number two, Logistically, it can't happen because each state, each city has its own guidelines and laws and rules that there are concerts and events already planned out till June. It's not like 2020 where everything was on pause. People learn from 2020. They want to live their life. There are people that depend working at these stadiums, these arenas. Are they going to suffer because a few individuals are sick and they may be asymptomatic? Like what Sammy was saying, COVID right now, not to downplay this virus, the symptoms and the sickness isn't as bad as the Delta variant. Some people are even saying it's like the common cold. And if that is true, are you really willing to risk all of those things based off new data? I am a believer in science, and science takes time to digest, to decipher, and then implement a strategy that benefits 
most parties involved. Yes, sir. So my whole thing is keep keep doing what you're doing. And honestly, I think it's pretty cool. Like, let's see what other players can do from the G League, from other places, and put them at the professional yeah, you guys make, level. Yeah, you make good points. I, I don't. I don't think that's what the NBA is going to do. But that was just my thought on what I think they should do. The the regular season is not as big a deal as the playoffs. But when come playoff time, if you're seeing these games without LeBron James or God forbid Steph Curry, I know June and JJ are you're having heart palpitations right now. But I'm just saying <laughs> if something like that were to happen, what do you do, right? Do you postpone playoff games? Do you are you really yeah. gonna are they really gonna roll out a playoff game with none of their stars? That seems very unlikely to me. See, I agree with you there, and I think if we get to the playoffs and that happens, then they would pause everything for however long it takes. Because the other side of the playoffs, too, is if we have a situation like this, at least the player pool is smaller. So if you have that many cases, they're going to clear the protocols faster than the regular season where you have, what is it, maybe 450 players in the league total? Something like that at any given time. About 15 players, 30 teams, give or take. Mm-hmm. So right. at least in the playoffs, you're cutting that in half. So you could get out of protocols faster. But you're absolutely right. If we get to the playoffs and LeBron, Westbrook, and Davis are in the protocols, they're they're not going to tell you, hey, roll out IT and let's see what we can do in game six. Yeah, so. like if, if the finals is like IT versus... Bialica, the matchup of the year. Like no one's gonna watch it's that. It's the NBA then. on ABC. Like, <laughs> yeah, I. What we're basically emulating is the predicament that the NBA is in right now. Like, there's valid points for both sides. You could see reasons why the NBA would decide one thing or another, and they're really caught in a hard spot. But I'm gonna move on from this topic. I'm actually gonna talk about these players that are getting hardship signings here. I mean, the Celtics signed Joe Johnson, the Lakers signed IT, the Hawks signed Lance Stevenson. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one because I said Lance Stevenson should get a contract. 76ers signed Tyler Johnson, the Kings signed Emmanuel Moutier. I want to hear some predictions. Who else gets signed? Oh, we. I want to hear some other names. Hold up. Hockey fans. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. The NHL got rid of its ties in 2005, so you know someone's gonna light the lamp. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win a hundred in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restriction supply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, Unfortunately, man. even though I tried to speak it into existence last time, I don't think Leangelo Ball is going to get a contract because Charlotte doesn't seem to have a contract anymore. I'm going to say he does get signed just because there's going to be some team that's like, we need a draw because we don't have a draw anymore. And I'm going to sign this guy because I think he's going to fill the seats. I really like this. A little bit. I really, I really <laughs> like this. is kind of a silver lining to me. And I kind of like it. Cool. It's kind of cool to me because it's like a second chance for a lot of these guys. Or yeah. you know, and they're they're kind of at the end of their career. They were 
not given a chance, like another chance. Like Isaiah Thomas, that's a cool story for him, right? Because he was, he kind of had a, I guess to put it, a rough time in Boston when he got injured and didn't get that contract. So to see him play and, and play particularly well is kind of cool. If I, I don't think this is going to happen, but I think it would be crazy if Lamar Odom made a comeback into the NBA and got signed. Wasn't he like training to try to come back? I think so. Is that something that I heard? I don't know. I could probably, I'm probably wrong. JJ, do you have a prediction for somebody coming back? I'm going to have to name drop this so you could speak more on it, Jim. Greg Odin, man. The league. Greg Odin. When, when he came into the league, it was that transition where the center was transitioning out, phasing out. But now with the bigs such as Embiid, Giannis, the list goes on. I think he could serve his his playing style in today's game to a certain degree. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't know what his health is like. Greg Odin was an absolute monster coming out of college there were high hopes for him there were times where like i felt like he looked like a young shack or something like that just he was so physical so strong so fast and you know everyone knows this story right just ravaged by knee injuries and right now he's playing in the big three it's only half court sets that's all i have to say (laughs) he doesn't have to do Mm -hmm. a lot of running so i don't know if he'll come back i'm looking at names like probably jeremy lynn or or jamal crawford I'd love to see him back, the dude from Seattle. But I'm going to move us on to our next topic. The Basketball Hall of Fame announces candidates for the class of 2022. The shoe-in for this this is Manu Ginobili. I'm going to name some other names here. I want you guys to highlight one of these names and tell me why they belong in the Hall of Fame. Rip Hamilton, Tim Hardaway, Mark Jackson, Chauncey Billups, Muggsy Bogues, um, Buck Williams, Marcus Camby, and I have one ref in here, Joey Crawford. Who's going to kick it off? Mark Jackson is for as a basketball player, not as a color commentator, correct? <laughs> Absolutely. It's actually as a head coach. Absolutely a player. Oh, oh I Shots forgot fired. about that. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, those two. Okay, I'm just making sure. I'm going to go... The one that sticks out to me is... Chauncey Billups and I think I know there's some narrative around him of, of there's some controversy around him that came up earlier this or later earlier this year or maybe late last year and so but as a player he was a heck of a player not just in Detroit but even when he went to Denver he took that team to the Western Conference Finals or not didn't take he didn't lead them but he was a big part of it with Melo and I think wherever he's gone, he's shown his value as a player. He obviously has a championship with Detroit. And so I think Chauncey Billups is, is somebody who was underrated as a player, doesn't get really the credit that he deserves. And I think he should be in the Hall of Fame if, if I had to choose one guy from this list. All right, I'll, uh, I'm actually going to go with Tim Hardaway on this. I think, I think today's fans forget how good a player he was at his peak. That run TMC squad that I'm sure you guys remember pretty fondly played a different style of ball than everyone else did. And his stats back it up. <clears throat> Just looking at some of his early years with the Warriors, 23 points a game, 
10 assists, three different years running, always scoring in the low 20s. Shot the three ball pretty well for a couple years before it became the three balls we know it now. And that team between him, Richmond, Mullen, they played a different style of ball than other teams did. But they're just not remembered as much because that was the early 90s and that was when Michael Jordan ran the NBA. So since the Warriors never made it to the finals back then, I don't think they get remembered for how much they did for the game as they should, and he particularly is the leader of that team. Then he had a second phase of his career with the Heat where he was still not quite the same version of himself, but still a very good player. He just played a little bit more of a gritty style going from the Warriors to the Heat. So I wanted to add one more individual that wasn't on the original list that Jim said, which was Tom Chambers. Notably for his play with the Suns. And he was a pretty big dude that could dunk. There's that famous dunk that he did at the corner at the key. For those that had gaming consoles in the early 90s, there was this really great game. It was called Lakers vs. Celtics. And each star had their trademark move. And Tom Chambers had the invincible dunk from the free throw line. With both hands. But, you know, with, with what he did and accomplished with the Suns goes unnoticed. When you think about the Suns' great teams, you think about Barkley. But the Suns actually made it to the playoffs years before that as well. And I think with the Tom Chambers team, they went for seven or six straight years. So shout out to Tom Chambers, a forgotten NBA legend. I'm going to now kick it. RJ is going to take us through the Christmas games. All right, before we predict the outcomes of these Christmas Day games, I want to know what is your favorite NBA game that happens on Christmas Day? Let's start off with JJ. Ooh, uh, I don't know if it's my favorite game, but it's one of the most memorable, which is 2016 Cavs versus Warriors. The Cavs hit a dagger, Kyrie Irving. Last minute play, uh, KD had the ball and Richard Jefferson obviously fouled him, but they didn't call it. Everyone knew that Richard Jefferson fouled him. <laughs> Everyone knew that LeBron, they wanted, NBA wanted LeBron to win on Christmas Day. No, that's so, ignorant. That's ignorant. Not my favorite game, but it's up there for memory because I was pissed on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Screw you, Cleveland. JJ the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, what's yours? I'm going to go and surprise, surprise, I got to pick a Laker game. They did lose, though, but Lakers Heat 2004. And for those, everybody who remembers what happened in 2004, the Lakers lost to the Pistons in the finals, broke up the greatest, arguably the greatest duo to ever play the game in Kobe and Shaq. Shaq was traded to Miami for three players and some picks and in the summer of 2004 later that year in christmas day the heat were visiting the lakers in la and the first battle between shaq and kobe and the media attention the stories the speculation around the game was crazy and off the charts i remember reading that people wouldn't be surprised if shaq just pushed kobe or you know, didn't even acknowledge him and or got into a huge fight during the game. And I remember before tip off that there was the most 
disingenuous greeting I think I've ever seen I'm the party on TV between two players where <laughs> Kobe tried to fist bump him and Shaq was just so was not paying attention half paying attention and kind of just did like a side nudge or something it was wild but then the game itself was so competitive and you could see how Kobe and Shaq wanted to go at each other so bad that they were Shaq was obviously super resentful Kobe being the competitive guy that he is wanted to go at him and prove they both wanted to prove that they were in the right that they were the better player and it kind of birthed the Christmas Day games that made it kind of made it mainstream and made it popular from at least from my vantage point but moving forward for years subsequent years they always highlighted these games and I think that was kind of one of them that really took it to that level of interest and desire so for me it's that that game Sammy, what you got, man? So I'm going to go 2012 Clippers Nuggets. Not because the game was close. It was actually a Clippers win by 12, but one of those things where they probably would have won by 20 if they didn't bring in the bench players. But I bring this game up because this was the first year after the walkout when Chris Paul was traded for, Lob City was formed. And as a Clippers fan, this was like their coming out party on the national stage, that this was a team that had it in them to make a serious run that could finally was no longer... An afterthought or a joke. After this game, they were 22 and six, so they were probably at the top of the West at this point. And it was just a coming out party of finally, after all the years of suffering for long-term Clippers fans, we have a squad now, and we put it up on the national stage, and we'll challenge anybody else until we get to the playoffs with a 3-1 lead, and then do what we do. That's another story, but that was uh, that's why this one is my choice. Lastly, Jim. I'm going to go to 2013, Warriors versus Clippers. Man, the Clippers were such a cute little team at this point. It was like, I like you a it lot. was like their Lob City, that little moniker. But the Warriors were actually just starting to get going too. And I remember I sort of enjoyed watching the Clippers at this point. I was like, you know, they're kind of fun. They're a lot of fun to watch. And then Blake Griffin started running his mouth. He started pushing Andrew Bogut. Draymond Green gets in his face. I, if I remember correctly, Blake gets ejected. Later on in the game, Draymond Green gets ejected. So it kind of paints this picture of how this rivalry was really starting between the two teams. And this game came down to the wire. I want to say Harrison Barnes hit a clutch free throw, which is absolutely ridiculous. And Jamal Crawford has a chance to win the game. And he misses it, and the Warriors come out victorious. It was a very memorable game, memorable, memorable game for me. All right. Thanks, Jen. Now we're going to move on to our future predictions. We got Sammy, 6-3. and three. JJ, 5-4. and four. John, 4-5. and Joan Wood, 5-4. and four. It's tight. Our first game at 9 a.m., we got the Hawks versus the Knicks. John, what do you have? So, Hawks, Knicks, 9 a.m. I'm going to go with... This is always tough because it's an early game, and I think guys are not ready to play, but I'm going to go with Trey Young and the Hawks. I think the Knicks are just... They're kind of sputtering still. They're not really playing it that well, and I'm going to go with the Hawks, who've been playing better as of late. JJ, who do you have? I'm going to go with the Knicks because it's a hometown game, and... Trey won't be at that game due to health and safety protocol. Sammy. 
I got to go Knicks for the same reason. I just it looks like the Hawks are going to be missing a few players, and you imagine like. John was saying it's an early game. I tend to favor the home team in that situation anyway. June is smiling for some reason. <laughs> Who do you have? John, I think John picked the Hawks because of trade, so I feel bad. Picked the Hawks then. Man. I did. I did. <laughs> I had you know what? You know what? I had no idea that Trey was in health and safety <laughs> protocols. But you know what? I I'm not There's so many of them, that's why. I'm not gonna stick. I'm not gonna change my, my pick. I'm You're still not gonna going switch with it up? Okay. I think they're gonna okay. play well as a collective unit. Oh man. No, I don't feel that bad. I'm going with the Knicks. <laughs> this is how I got to make up my, my record against you guys anyways. You guys got to pick against me. So that's, I'm fine with that. Let's oh, go. Oh, there you go. There you go. Strategy going on there. Our, our next game at 1130 a.m. We got the Celtics versus the Bucks. JJ, who do you have, man? I'm going to pick the Celtics because as we mentioned the last time, that we had the Bucks far picks. They had health issues, non-COVID related, and they're still dealing with injuries. So I'm gonna place my bet on the Celtics since they have been playing kind of fairly well. And I think on Christmas they'll come through because they they do pretty well on Christmas day usually. All right, John. Before I make my pick, is there anybody else in health and safety protocols <laughs> in this game? As of now. No, 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 just, no. No. Yes. Okay. No, no, no. I can always look it up. That's fine. But at this point, again, based on principle, I will never pick the Celtics. So I got to go with the Bucks. Doesn't matter what's going on. Bucks. All right. it. Sammy. I will take the Bucks with not much confidence. I think Giannis will be out of the, the protocols by then. If it's 10 day, then he would get out the day before the game. So hopefully that's the case. Joe and who do you have, man? I'm riding with JJ on this one. I'm going Celtics. All right. The next game, we have the Warriors versus the Suns. Sammy, who do you have? That is a tough one. Um, I am going to go with the Warriors in that game. JJ. So the Warriors may not have Wiggins. They may not have Damian Lee. And they may not have Jordan Poole. And because of that, I'm still picking the Warriors to win. Yes, sir. <laughs> nice. You had me. You had us going on there. <laughs> June, who are you picking? Dub Nation, man. All right, John. I'm going with the Suns because I'm trying to make up my record against some of the guys who are, who are beating me. For and that's the real reason. And well, nice. and they're also playing in Phoenix, so I'm gonna go with the Suns. Uh, for our next game, we have Nets versus the Lakers. Jun, who do you have? Uh, you know, for this one, I'm gonna go with the LA Lakers. Sammy, who you got, man? As much as this absolutely pains me, <laughs> I have to take the Lakers because who knows who's going to be playing for the Nets in that game. At this point, you could tell me that, what, Ray Allen's going to come out of retirement like we talked about. Jeremy Lin will be on the <laughs> roster for the Nets. I have no idea who's going to be on that team for this game. John? I don't have to ask who is in health and safety protocols for this game because I think it's half the team for both squads. <laughs> so 
I'm gonna go Lakers just because for that reason too. If there was a fully healthy squad, I'm, I would pick the Nets, but I'm going Lakers for this one. All right, JJ? If I had to put my money on a winner, I would definitely pick the Lakers, but I'm just gonna go opposite just to be different from my, my three bros here. I'm gonna go Nets, even though I don't wanna say it, but it'll be fun just to go against these guys, <laughs> you know? I like it. If I pick a gambling man, if I pick that all the games are gonna get canceled, do I get extra points to my record? Somehow you're still gonna be further behind because of it. <laughs> all right, for the last game, we have Mavs versus the Jazz. JJ, who do you have? I'm gonna pick the Jazz today. They just announced that Luca had to go into COVID protocols. And there's nothing to do to do at Utah, so those players will be playing. I've been to Salt Lake City, so I'm not being judgmental. I'm being honest. Excuse at eight o'clock, you're not gonna be partying. Those players have no reason to get COVID, so that's my reason. All right, Jen, who do you have, man? You know, I was with JJ in Utah, and there really is nothing to do out there, so they'll be all safe to play. I'm also gonna pick the Jazz. Were you guys there for a bachelor party? <laughs> Sammy well just to go along exactly what you both said I was curious I looked at the protocols and Utah has absolutely no one on it because they are just at home so I will also take the job that is correct <laughs> done only way to make up being last place is I gotta go against Ooh. the grain I'm going Mavs Man, you might be like eight games back by the end. Of or, or <laughs> I might be, I might be up one game or up two games, Ooh. Sammy. Gambling so hot. The force be with you. All right, Thank thanks you. thanks guys. Thanks, RJ. All right, thanks, RJ. And that is all for tonight's episode. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, happy holidays and happy birthday, Jesus. Happy holidays, John. Thank you for for being on, man. Thank you. Have a safe, happy holiday, Merry Christmas, and a happy new year. Sammy, thanks for being on. Thank you. Happy holidays to all. Stay safe and enjoy the time with the family if you're doing that. And of course, shout out to RJ, our video producer. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic, all NBA podcasts. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.